That was that was risky. I almost lost it right there in the beginning. Okay, but obviously I just love these people a lot, and I'm so grateful that uh, they trusted me to come here and and just share some things with you that uh, have really been meaningful and important in my life in just the last few years. But uh, I think today, uh, together, we're going to learn some really, really encouraging things. But let me ask you a question first. Have you ever been through a really difficult trial? We get a show of hands. Now, notice the question. I, I asked if you've been through it. Now, some of us might be in it right now, and, and we will talk about that a little bit later. But when you have gotten through something really difficult, how does it feel? It's, it's, it's not bad, right? I mean, you, you could feel tired. You could feel triumphant. You could feel stronger, but in a different way, right? You, you, you can discover, like, really incredible things about yourself that you would have never seen or recognized had you not trusted God to get you through that trial. And what's interesting about trials is that God wants to be with us in those trials. But tell me, well, let me show you my, I promised you to show you pictures, right? So this is our lovely family. There's Michael and Christine in the middle, my lovely wife Cece on the left there. And uh, on the right, for those of you that were not at the workshop today, that is uh, Cece and I about to celebrate our 20th anniversary back in February. And we rented a a true England Triumph Bonneville motorcycle. Let's hear it for the motorcycle. I love that. Notice we didn't clap at the 20 years of marriage, but I will clap for that. Amen? (laughs) But anyway, so in life, isn't this kind of how it feels at times? You know, our plans, we, we kind of wish that life was just this, this cool, smooth, clear way, right? And God's plan can seem like that, right? With hills, maybe a few steep mountains, some valleys. I mean, it's got all those different obstacles, right? But the thing is, if we followed our plan, we wouldn't grow. If we followed our plan, yeah, we may be less tired, but we also don't get to feel triumphant. We, not, we may not be able to feel God's strength. We may only feel ours. And our strength is often just really boring. Have you ever had those days where you felt like you did something beyond what you were able to do? And you felt that God sort of gave you that extra amount of patience or that extra amount of, of love or perseverance and you're just amazed that you got through it? That feels awesome, right? But we don't get that awesome when we're following just our plan or if we're just waiting for our plan. So there's a really interesting lesson. We're going to talk today about a problem from the Old Testament, but we're going to really land well on, I think, a solution that we find in the New Testament. And we go back to Nehemiah in this story where Israel 
had already been through some hard times. They had been through trials. Uh, and in this part of Nehemiah, they just completed the rebuilding of the walls. So really it's this moment of, hey, we did it. But Ezra, the prophet, was a very wise prophet. Before we got too excited, before we got too proud of ourselves, before we pat ourselves on the back, let's remember a very important lesson. And this is the lesson, lesson that Ezra shared. But they and our forefathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in the rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. See, this is remarkable. I mean, first, we talked about this earlier today in our classes, that here we have, even in the Old Testament, this reminder, this this sort of warning, that we need to be mindful. We need to pay special attention so that we can see God's ways, so that we can see God's answers and God's hopes when we're going through different kinds of trials. But... Unfortunately, we can do the very same thing that Israel did. Now, do we appoint a leader? We could do that, but sometimes we don't appoint a leader. But we appoint something in our lives to relieve us from trials. Or to relieve us or distract us from the struggle. Right? We can appoint... Lust. Or we, we could appoint alcohol. Or we could appoint slander. I mean, we can appoint so many different things to sort of resist and not trust God's true character and His true qualities that are always there and present for us. When I was uh, studying this out, I realized that, you know, my life is so busy, I miss blessings that are all around me. So I would start going on walks in my neighborhood, and I started realizing, okay, I like to pray, and praying's great, but David, look up. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's great to, to pray and do all these wonderful things that we should do as disciples, but I realized there are even more blessings and messages about God all around me. What does this picture say? What, what does this tell me? What does this communicate to me? What does God say to me in this? You know, I, I, I think about, you know, have you ever drawn a picture? Now, I'm not an artist, but, you know, if you've ever built something or created something or, or put any degree of effort into something... And when you show it to somebody else, what do you look for? Yeah, don't, don't you look at them kind of carefully? You're like, you're watching them, right? 
like you know are they are they smiling are they, are they frowning are they are they really impressed yeah, you you look very carefully right because when you create something you want someone else to enjoy that and i think about how much god has created we can never ever stop being impressed but we have to look we have to be mindful to realize wait god is everywhere in so many ways this is another day look at that i mean i that could be right over our heads right and what are we doing we got our hands on the steering wheels looking straight ahead going where i need to go getting done what i need to get done getting all the tasks done and having all the appointments we can just go 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 do you do that in england i thought maybe it's just an american thing but anyway we just do all this busyness right and i'm not trying to you know promote you know a cloud club or something like that but i mean this to me this is just one of many millions of things that we could pay attention to. Can I tell you one really funny story? So when I was doing this a class once on this whole mindfulness thing once, I asked everyone to just take a moment and look at their hand. Okay, now just let's all try this. Let's see if it works. Okay, but if you look at your hand and if you can move any of those fingers, can you? I mean, if you look closely enough, you start realizing, you know, this is a miracle. That's a miracle. But how often do I say, God, thanks for my hand. Thanks for this. But what I do instead is I feel like the the pain in my knee right now and I kind of send all my prayer energy into my knee because God it really hurts I'd, I'd really love some relief God <laughs> and I can send all my energy to my problem and miss countless miracles in me about me or around me God is really big but he's not just big. I love what Ezra said. You know, abundant in kindness. Slow to anger. Now, I don't know about you, but that does not describe a lot of typical fathers. Right? I mean, maybe some of us had it better than others, perhaps. But wherever your dad was at, it was nothing compared to a perfect father who is wooing you all the time wants just more of your attention and wants to know that I'm right here I want to be with you and I'm sorry I'm not going to give you that boring plan that you would like I'm going to give you something even better and every dip and every challenge and every trial has a purpose in mind just for you. And not even just for you. But when you get through those trials, guess what? You can turn around and help someone else 
going through the trial that you just went through. It's amazing. I love this verse. Do not be anxious about what? Oh, please, come on, Paul, give me a few exceptions, you know? Can I just be a little anxious about maybe my taxes or my kids and what they're doing or, or those people at work? But do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all, transcends our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I was sharing this earlier today in the class, but I think one skill or strategy that I've stumbled upon over the last few years is just learning how to read the Bible slow. Because there's just so much there, right? I mean, you read this, I mean, line by line, it's got its challenges. It's got its, it's, got its hints and its direction and its hope and its guidance. All there in just a couple of verses. And yet that could liberate and transform your day. Or help transform someone else's day. If you help them be mindful of a verse like this. Uh, Melody Beattie, I'll tell you about her in a second, but this is a remarkable quote that I found of hers that I thought was so amazing. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Now, this quote in and of itself is really interesting and really, I think, helpful and and very insightful. And it, it teaches me a lot about how I can really look at why God makes gratitude so essential for our walk. I so much appreciated Roger in by the way, happy birthday, Roger. That is so cool. 25 years and going strong. But just that gratitude, right? Of just, wow, where I've been. What I've been able to receive. What I've been spared from. I mean, gratitude. You don't get to 25 years without gratitude. You don't stay in your marriage without gratitude. And we can't get through trials without gratitude. Now the interesting thing about Melody Beattie is she is a a Christian-based thinker, counselor, and she is actually responsible for creating the entire concept back in the 1970s, I believe, of codependency. Codependency is basically this whole entire phenomenon about how people begin to adjust and live and think when they are in relationship with someone who is actively living in an addiction. Because addiction never affects the addict. Well, it does affect the addict, but it affects not just the addict, it affects everyone around them. 
And Melody B was that was her life. She had been through horrible, painful relationships. And yet it's so interesting that here's a woman who kind of has been through that, and yet now she has such a perspective on gratitude. That's amazing. So we, uh, we looked at this a couple of times today. We're going to look at it one more time. But this has been sort of our theme in our ministry for the, the, most of 2014. But Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, easy to read, not as easy to do. You can read it, in fact, you can read it dozens of times and actually never do it. But Paul's instructions are pretty clear and pretty cool. Think about such things. You know, when we're following our plan, we don't really necessarily need Philippians 4.8. But when we're following God's plan, oh, we can see Philippians 4.8. We can see it in every step we make. In every dynamic of whatever we're going through, we can see God's nature, God's qualities in everything. And really, that is what the list is. That is what Philippians 4.8 is. It's the qualities of God that are in so many things around us. But do we think about such things? So I mentioned earlier in, our, in the class earlier today that we actually turned 4.8 into a verb. Don't you like that? I just love languages that you can do these kinds of things. But we turned 4-8 into a verb. And what that meant was is that suddenly in our culture, in our language, this 4-8 thing just kept showing up everywhere. Like when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's starting to get a little unspiritual or it's getting a little pessimistic or unfaithful or faithless or whatever. Hey, bro, could you give me a 4-8 thought about that situation you just described to me? And it takes you back, right? Because it's not as easy to think about such things. But boy, is, is it easy to think about what's wrong in things? Is it easy to think about what's not enough today? It's easy, isn't it? Because unfortunately, that's our kind of our natural nature. But our new creation is different. Our new creation can see things that our old self would have never seen. Our new creation can see forgiveness in situations that our old self would have only seen reasons to be bitter or resentful. This is possible. So, I want to give you guys a little help. Is that okay? Yes. All right, you can say thank you. Oh, uh, there you go. See, that feel good? Now, those of you, you know, you'll explain that later to your friends. Okay, so, anyway, here's just an example. So, 
what we started doing in our ministry is we started sort of having this constant sort of goal of coming up with as many ideas or thoughts or questions that would really fit Paul's instructions. Okay? So let's just take one here that's kind of fun. Do you think this third one there, I plan my TV watching. Now, is that an idea or a thought that you think would fit within Philippians 4.8? Maybe, right? Now, if some of us have had a problem with television, I mean, one of the biggest issues with television, at least for me, was that I don't have a problem watching it. I have a problem stopping watching it. Right? Okay? And, and we can have that struggle. But again, like anything that God gives us, we can have blessings and then we can start stretching them out until they become, you know, debauchery or indulgence. So for a person that might have some issues with that or any kind of issue like that, you know, the idea of, you know what, I'm going to plan my TV watching. I'm going to decide when I watch, what I watch, why I watch, and for how long I will watch. Oh my goodness, I just saved my evening three or four hours of nothingness, right? And that helps me avoid that boring plan of my life that just is just going away, following that pattern of the world. So, these are just a few examples, but here's the thing. I would like everyone today to leave with a gift. And Justin Fleming and a small crew of great men are going to help us right now with this. Uh, I have a small gift for you guys. Now, first of all, is, are you excited about the gift? Yes. See, you guys have great faith because you've not even seen the gift yet. And you're already grateful. I think you are getting this. This is awesome. All right. So everybody's going to get a card. And I've also brought, get this, American crayons. Wow, this is pretty good, huh? So if you guys want to compare our crayons with yours later, don't even let me know. I don't want to know. Okay, I'm just, I'm happy. Now, what are we doing here? Well, this is something we did in our ministry that was really, really fun. By the way, did you know learning can be fun? Did you really know that learning can be fun? Okay, awesome. That's good. So here's what we did. We decided to ask people to create these little cards with some of the most helpful 4-8 thoughts that would encourage them any time of the day that they need it. And so what we had them do is they, we had them come up with some great 4-8 thoughts, jot them down, and then they all made a promise. I'm going to put this someplace that's really helpful for me. Now, here's the first one. This, I think this is a sister. She wrote, Love, Purpose, Growth. God is with me and for me right now. Prayer is always the answer. Maybe this is part of God's plan. Now, this is written by a sister who, at the time of the writing of this card, was just in the midst of going through a surgery for a brain tumor. 
She had already lost hearing in her ear for about the last two years, but finally there was some shifting and changes in the, in the, in the uh, tumor, and they had to prepare her for surgery. Now, what do you think? Do you think these were helpful? They were. They, they served her really well. Oh, okay. Just so you know, I, I do follow my own instructions. This was mine, and I put it on my bathroom mirror. It says, God always has a plan. I feel what I dwell upon, and I memorize Scripture. Those are my thoughts. Now, I want you to notice the remarkable crayon design on my card. Okay? I mean, I made this baby special. All right? So just to give you some ideas, you can copy that if you want. You're welcome. All right. Okay, now be careful. This one's a tearjerker. This was a little girl. She is seven years old. I am dyslexic, and it's okay. And I have good talents. So she took that card and she put it in her pencil box so that every day when she goes to school and she opens that box for her supplies, she sees this 4-8 thought. So when she's there at school, in those moments where she could be tempted to feel different or left out or flawed or something's wrong, she can remember the truth. She can remember what is true about her. And this is a brother who, uh, he actually got baptized a year ago, and uh, he got really radical. <laughs> he, uh, he slapped his index card on the steering wheel of his car. So we can see that a lot. His was, my plan may not be God's plan. What is true about me? And I must show my 4-8. Now that was taking it to a whole new level. So if I'm going to be thinking 4-8, is that going to be evident? Are people going to see that I think in better ways? Are they going to see that connection? Because if they see it, they might be interested in it. And if they're interested in it, they might come to church with me. Right? I mean, do you think the world is interested in any of those qualities of Philippians 4.8? Oh, I think they do. I think they're starving for it. And we can be that light. We can be that avenue to help them see God in all these different ways. So, let's take about two minutes. I'm, I'm going to put back these examples. You can borrow these. You can steal them. You can come up with your own thoughts that you think would really fit with something that fits one of those qualities of Philippians 4.8. Did we have enough cards? Awesome. So I told the truth, right? We're all going to have a gift when we leave, correct? It's a 4.8 gift.
How's everybody doing? Is this hard? It actually is. Because this, unfortunately, is not how we always think. But guess what? It starts hard, but it'll get easier. Amen? But we have to practice. We have to practice. Now, I'll be be honest with you. When I first started kind of trying this type of exercise and trying to really focus on how my thinking was going, it was so helpful to borrow from others who were figuring some things out. And this is so cool about the church, how if I come up with some cool idea, guess what? Instantly, others can be benefited. Or if some brother goes through something and figures something out, and I can talk to him and hear about that, I can get stronger. Isn't that beautiful, how the body works? So on that note, let me ask, does anybody have a 4-8 thought that you wouldn't mind sharing? Yes. Someone was paying attention to communion today. And by the way, isn't that remarkable that when you go to church and if you listen really carefully, there's some great 4-8 thoughts going on there. <laughs> the thing is, we've got to take them out of church, put them in our heads, right, and use them throughout the week. Beautiful, great example. Someone else? Yes, ma'am? Amen. I love it. I love it. Yes. God always has a plan. Now, I'm sorry, sisters, but I need to talk with the brothers for just a second. (laughs) Guys, Ben. My trials are my strengths. I love it. Yes. Negativity is easy, and it's not right. God is always positive. I like that. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. That was good. Okay. His word is memorable. I love it. All right, Andy, you got one? Look for miracles in new places. So obviously, I've just started a conversation that needs to go on for a very, very long time. Okay? So please, keep your cards. Take them with you. Put them in a special place. Or even better yet, share them with someone else. Okay? Maybe even before you go today. So, I am incredibly thankful for you guys. Thank you so much for letting me come with you today and share some of these four, eight thoughts. I wish you well, and uh, let's say a prayer for the end of uh, the message here. Dear God, we are so thankful, God, that with you, we can understand life, we can understand trials, we can understand obstacles in such a different and profound way. God, thank you so much for blessing us and helping us understand these things. Thank you so much for your word, this incredible book that's been around for 2,000 years, and God, that we can open it, that we can study it, we can, we can reflect upon it, 
and God just bring transformation into our thinking, into our understanding, and office, and ultimately into our very lives and how we live and how we love in this life. Thank you so much for being such a great father to us all. Thank you so much for this church. Thank you for all the relationships in this room. And Father, we just ask you to bless our week and give us incredible, mindful minds this week. And God, let us just walk with our minds set on your spirit that gives us life and peace. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Before Dave disappears, I just wanted to say a big thank you on behalf of all of us for his hard work today, really serving us. Thank you. What do we have to open up? Open it? We have a little gift for Dave. All right. Awesome. Memorabilia of Birmingham. Okay. What could that be? This looks good. Oh, awesome. That is great. Mr. Tolkien himself. That is awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Perfect. Birmingham is well known around the world as the home of J.R. Tolkien. Exactly. uh, exactly. We have many fans in America looking to us. I'm equipped. Awesome. Thank you.